When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Great to have you in on a Monday. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We are presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbo. We have a special in-studio guest. Jack Erickson is shadowing. Run and hide, son. Run and hide. We have plenty of football to talk. Nebraska-Minnesota thoughts. The first hour open for you if you still care about the Nebraska football season. Morbid curiosity. We'll dive into the sitting head coach, the interim head coach, versus some of those guys that got bowl eligible and uh, what's what's really happening with the Nebraska coaching search. Numbers to dial up can join us on Hale Bar City Radio, 466-3776-466-3776. Toll free across the state where you hear us, one 800 825 5865. Can email the show Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Give us a follow. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And we are streaming live, so can interact that way on ESPN Lincoln's Facebook, ESPN Lincoln's Twitter, and the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter at H Varsity Radio. It is Michigan week. The spread is 29 and a half. Mm-hmm. Not good. Uh, what was worse, the second half of Nebraska outscored 17-3 to by the Fighting Flex. And as joyous as maybe you were watching the game at a watch party or at the game as a longtime fan with longtime season tickets or just in your Husker den, it was a 180. It was a 180 from momentum, emotion, juice, dare I say, to the second half of being outscored and really just outcoached. Uh, Fleck and his staff tend to do that, but there's some critical missteps, i.e. quarterback, that Nebraska still needs to figure out, right? Quarterback issues, offensive identity, and uh, run commitment are all things we'll dive into. And a, a bigger picture question with Nebraska football do they have any wins left in them? And I'm not talking just about Saturday. Wisconsin has turned the corner, it seems. Iowa has turned the corner, it seems. And, uh, you know, Iowa can get bowl eligible before Nebraska. Uh, Wisconsin needs a win as well, but they wrap. I mean, think where Wisconsin's at at 5-4. and four. Uh, Wisconsin wraps with, with Iowa, and then they got to take on Minnesota. Uh, otherwise, uh, <laughs> that that job interview may turn sour for old Lenny. 
and Wisconsin could go elsewhere. So take your thoughts and calls and emails as well, but just really a, a deflating result for Nebraska football, Elijah. And it you shouldn't be judged on one one quarter, one game. You've got a body of work if you're Mickey Joseph. And here's the the the, the true wrestling match that's going on if I put myself in Trev's sport coat. I'm evaluating. I see some really good things. I also have to consider the context. You look at the hand you're dealt. And now the dreaded November Big Ten injuries have reared their ugly head, at least a quarterback spot that makes your offense and what Whipple wants to do and likes to do more viable. You haven't gotten into any crazy weather yet, but you saw instances of trying to throw the football if you're Purdue. You saw instances of trying to throw the football if you're Ohio State. Stroud was 11 or 26. Ohio State had to go under center with a tight, with a double tight end and counter their way to a 21-7 win against 1-8 Northwestern. So, November is going to show up. The weather's going to change. It's going to be garbage trying to throw the football half the game if you're going into the wind. It screams necessity of a run game. And Elijah, Nebraska, they got away from the run game when they were up. It wasn't a, a, a case of chasing points. It wasn't a case of, well, you know, this is what the def- – you can't – you can't take everything away on defense. I know that. But Nebraska wasn't executing, and it, it comes back down to just some stubbornness or what you see in practice and what, what is happening on Saturday. What I've seen from Logan Smothers shouldn't be up for debate if Casey can't go on Saturday. You ride, you ride number eight, let him do his thing, and you put a game plan around him to try and be competitive in this. And guess what? He could play a really smart game, not have any turnovers, be gritty and tough for you. But you gotta you gotta shift what you like doing and what you think your offense is best at to what's gonna give you a chance to win. And and they got uh, they got Everest to climb on on Saturday with a national TV audience. Thanks for that. And what was demoralizing about Saturday and why I think there's less air behind the sails of Mickey Joseph right now is the fact that Minnesota was 100% willing to throw away what they do well defensively after the first quarter. P.J. Fleck said that post game. He said, huddled up with the defensive coordinator and said, you know what, we're throwing out everything we game planned for this week because it's clearly not working. What they did is they, they sold out they a little adjusted. bit more to stop the run. They adjusted. They dared Chubba Purdy to beat him through the air, and Chubba could not do that. So that, that's one of the reasons Anthony Grant, I think the number was less than 10 carries when Nebraska had the lead. Anthony Grant had less than 10. He was 8 for 80. 10 for 80. 10 for 80, 10 nothing. Mm-hmm. That, that, those are the numbers. Any, any, any 18 for 28 the rest of the game? And I, I believe he was on his 18th carry whenever Minnesota retook the lead. So I, between having a ten nothing lead and Minnesota coming back, I believe it was eight carries, which, and 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 six three and outs. Yes, which almost seems borderline nonsensical that an offense is that inept. I mean, were you riding on the feelings of what you did in the first drive? I mean, you think, oh, you know, what, this is working. 
I think every Husker fan that was watching that game saw in the second quarter, this is bad. Chubba Purdy is not able to, to run this offense whenever he has to go be a pocket passer. It's not working. I'm still confused looking back now on just how little Travis Vokalek was used. A, a safety valve matchup nightmare kind of guy. Man, that's the kind of guy that I think you'd want your, your young experience quarterback to target. security blanket, man. Yes. Just dink and dunk it for six or four or eight or whatever. Do, do you not want your young, inexperienced quarterback to have a safety blanket? Why are you trying to continue pushing the ball downfield? That, that, looking back at the game, is confusing me more than it did immediately post-game. The Anthony Grant rushing total, uh, total I understand because Minnesota changed their game plan, but why don't you change your game plan and put in the running quarterback who's going to make the defense think a little bit more, take one guy to, to account for the quarterback every single play, give you a numbers advantage in the box. Why aren't you doing that whenever the run game becomes ineffective as opposed to just airing it out deep, which Chubba Purdy couldn't do? Simply put, Nebraska got outcoached on Saturday, and for that reason, I think there is less air behind Mickey Joseph, the sales of Mickey Joseph, I should say, right now. Just in that Husker fans, from post-game reaction to what I'm seeing on Twitter to what people are telling me, it's, well, I still like Mickey, but if Trev does decide to go another way, this is from the people who, you get it. who were really supporting Mickey as of two weeks ago. It's now, a, a you know what, if Mickey's the guy, I'm happy with that, but I'm also going to be happy if Nebraska goes elsewhere, because simply put, Nebraska got squarely outcoached by Minnesota on Saturday. That happens. I, I think Minnesota's got a great coaching staff. They do that to a lot of teams. But I, it was just very, very demoralizing the way Nebraska took the lead and then the way they never once adjusted while Minnesota took control of that football game. You have the last two weeks where we're talking about context and what Mickey's inherited. The, 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 the whole ball of wax is a mess, and he has got them to play well at times. He's got them to play hard. He's got them to win some close games. He's got them to be in a lot of ball games. But the last two weeks, I think Mickey understands what the Big Ten is. I think he's a smart dude. I think he gets it. I think he looks at his roster. And you got to figure out a way to, to, to giddy up with what you have. And he, and he knows that. He's been to enough spots in his coaching life to understand that I'm not going to have the biggest, fastest, strongest, most talented. Pre-LSU, he's been a guy that's climbed the ladder. And and he's been a part of staffs that have had to adjust. So it's just this. And listen, I, I don't want to make this, and, and I know it's unpopular opinion, I still have a, a long enough memory to remember when Nebraska's scoring a, a bunch of points or the perfect play call is executed to get you a win. I mean, Whipple's the one dialing up. Well, it may not that be hard to take, but he called it. Hell, let's throw it down to Palmer. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Son, you run real fast straight. Casey, tell your boys you need about three seconds and throw that bastard up in the air. He'll run under it, touchdown. Indiana, uh, the, the the scared straight Purdue, right? I mean, so Whipple's had a positive effect offensively when it's been optimal, okay? And for the life of me, he's too good a coach to not flip and switch to Grant, to go back to the double tight end. And the unscripted versus the scripted. You've seen some exquisite drives, the first two drives uh, for the most part, right? Uh, Rutgers also, the the big shock play to to take the lead in that rock fight. Listen, um, 
he he is catching heat and hell right now, and and I get it. You're you're upset as a Nebraska fan. That being said, he's also when it's been optimal dialed the right play up in some big moments in some tight games. So there's this. Well, let's uh, let's clean Whipple's desk out. No, I'm not. I'm not there. But I need to see some change. You can't be static with what you're dealing with now at quarterback. And listen, God love you for having the back of your kid you brought in as, 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 with, as, with Pretty. Kid, the kid you recruited, you were going to probably land him at Pitt. And there is some good in Pretty, but it, it, he's going to need some more watering. Okay, it, it ain't doing him any favors or the football team to keep throwing him out there. And, and asking him to do what he's been unable to do or be comfortable with in the pocket. If you're going to play him, your, your, your play chart, your menu is, is the, the check down, right? It's, it's letting Alante Brown beat the hell out of some cornerback, find Palmer in the slot, get seven, hope someone misses a tackle and make 7-17, or hand it off or zone read it. I mean, there are ways to use the kid's athleticism and arm. What, and every time he tried to throw more than 15 yards, it was just an adventure. Now, with Smothers, yeah, you, you're up against it, and you ask him to throw the most difficult pass in football into the wind, a back shoulder on fourth and 400, and Washington has a, an amazing catch. He stepped up and made the play. Washington, of course, a gorgeous grab. But you didn't call it until you were absolutely back against the wall forced to do it. Mm. So learn from all of that the last three weeks and, and just put a game plan together and ride with it that way. I'm not saying don't throw the football. I'm not saying don't look at Purdy and what he can do if he shows it to you in practice. Maybe that's the, that's the delicacy right here is when do you move off of somebody for good because Minnesota didn't. The quarterback had two had a, a game and a half of bad outings. And he came in and kicked butt in the second half in awful, awful conditions situation wise, where that offense is down ten nothing. Ten nothing feels like twenty eight nothing to that offense. Who's on the phone? Got Chris on the line. Chris, thanks for calling. Welcome into Hale Varsity, bud. Go ahead. Hey guys. Great show. Um yeah, and, and remember that sixty yard end run we had uh we ran against Purdue. Yeah, I yeah, wouldn't do that yeah. again either. Let's not let's shelve that. We know that works. <laughs> let's see if we can find something else that works. No reason to have Trey wind himself by having to run sixty yards on an end around again. But yeah, no, I, I think Mickey's gotten a pass on everything. Bush has been the real deal. He's like the one Bush who comes too. out shining in this. The offense has been awful since Frost left. Um, Fourteen think, points. Do you think it's awful? Do you think it's awful? Do you th- really think it's awful? I think it's been inconsistent. I'll give you that. But I, I don't want to. Points in four games or less. Well, but and, the, I mean, 14, the Purdue. 14, are you forgetting the? Are you, are you forgetting the Purdue game? No, they 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 had that one really good game against Purdue and a pretty good game against Indiana. But one out two of wins. Six, I mean, isn't you know one out of six doesn't do much and and. Uh, you know, watching all these teams with backup quarterbacks are prepared and ready to go. Kansas kicking butt by three touchdowns over a top twenty team with a backup. Mm-hmm. They're going bowling, so we're once again officially the worst worst football team in uh, Big Five. The only team that hasn't made a bowl since sixteen. So, um, and and all these teams with backup quarterbacks getting it done, and uh, and and 
uh, Whipple doesn't like Smothers, so Smothers isn't going to get well, the look he's that, like. Whatever, whatever, whatever that dynamic, Chris, whatever that dynamic is, he better learn to love Smothers. Yeah, I hear you. I hope he does. I mean, I'd like to see more of Smothers Same and see what, he's, what we got with him. He's, he's done decent in the limited opportunities. Uh, I mean, he's, he's definitely done better than Purdy. So, and you give him some, uh, uh, you start him off with 10, 15 plays scripted, um, you know, maybe he, he did it against the a, Iowa defense for game. three quarters. Chris, thanks for the phone call, bud. Thanks. Good stuff. Yeah, the offense has struggled. You've, you've upped your competition level defensively. You've gone against some, some big-time defenses. Uh, keep taking your calls here at 466-3776 or can email chris at hailvarsity.com. First hours for you with Hail Varsity. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hail Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Hail Varsity Radio, presented by Currency, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal. Reminder to get buckled up. Using your seatbelt saves lives, prevents injuries only if properly worn. Buckle up, a message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. You're in Omaha. Well, uh, come see us on Friday, Roadshow Friday at the Hale Varsity Club in La Vista, 4 to 6. And we will be back. Watch party going on for Nebraska, Michigan from noon to 2. Taking you up to kickoff with uh, Nebraska and Michigan from the Hale Varsity Club on Saturday. So you are invited out. Incredible appetizers elijah is already thinking about that monster pretzel i know you are so let's let's get into this <laughs> back on the rail <laughs> back back into football <laughs> three and six high five um chris brought up a, an interesting question and he's he's been vocal about about the offense do you think the offense this is going to sound like just the worst question ever. But do you think the offense is that bad, or are you more inclined to look at at what's being called? And and let's just chop this up for a little bit. the The strength of this offense is Thompson to Palmer, not on the menu. So now you do what? Well, you've got a you've got a pro in Grant to run the football, and yeah, he went over a hundred. What he finished with twenty carries, over twenty. Over, so he did go over twenty, but the week before he had a whopping twelve against Illinois. And I know you're going up against uh, the best defense in the country, statistically pre pre Michigan State, and and you're going up against a top six rush defense in Minnesota, but. You know, Nebraska's got offensive linemen on scholarship, too. Piper had a good ball game. 
I'm picking a double tight look, single back, let's just hammer away, make sure we get some yards, even if it's a couple. I know that puts you in second and bad. But that that's safer than asking Logan to, or, or Chubba. Chubba for sure to, to complete something on first down. After those first two drives that were less than five-yard throws didn't happen. So is the offense that bad or is it a question about the coordinator? And you've got some interesting dynamics going on, don't you? Think about chain of command for a moment. You have this situation that is, all right, I'm Scott, I've hired Mickey, I've hired Whipple, uh, and here we are. Well, Scott is not here, and the, the guy who's been a head coach for a lot of years is now and still the offensive coordinator. Mickey was the associate head coach. He got promoted, rightfully so. Now, you know, and, and there's been coaches we've talked to, you know, what's, what's Whipple's end game? Go make some money, leave Pitt, and maybe get another head coaching job? Or just come in, run my offense, let's see what we can do. Let's, uh, let's have some fun at a, at a blue blood like Nebraska. And I don't know. I'm not in the locker room. But, but Mickey's a guy that is not afraid to communicate. He's quite capable of communicating. Is Mickey a guy that can sit whipped down? We kind of joke about it, but it, it, that talk needs to happen about what they can do and what they want to do offensively. And, and what's allowed to be done. You got to put your kids in the best position to succeed. And if I'm Whipple and I'm looking at it, well, what do we do? What, you know, if I'm Whipple, thought bubble, what do they do well on offense? Occasionally they give the quarterback enough time to find Trey Palmer. There's been some glimpses of the run game, Elijah, but not, not enough consistency. And then you're screwed because it's second and third and long with a backup quarterback and two tackles that at times against really good edge rushers get dominated. Mm -hmm. So you're at third and long with an inexperienced quarterback and that's part of your 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 three your your six consecutive three and outs. So you got to really figure out what you can live with and survive on offensively. That's his job, but it's also Mickey's job to tell Whipple what he wants, what he's seen. And I think the, the the Chubb experiment as a starter needs needs to fade away. Mm-hmm. What what I'll say about the offense since Frost has been relieved, and I know Jeff's been in our, our comments here talking about Mark Whipple. Why was Mark Whipple hired? All that he my kicked read, butt for Pitt. Did he, great for he's, Pitt. He's a, he's a good offensive coordinator. He's not a good offensive coordinator with a substandard line and a backup quarterback. And I don't know how many are. But there's another factor too. So I mean, you look at it. It was a marriage with Frost. Simply put, uh, Whipple comes from that Northeast, the origins of the spread offense. If you, if you know anything about the spread, it kind of originated from the Northeast with guys like Leach, guys like Chip Kelly, guys like Mark Whipple. It originated from there. They're from the same tree of offense, Scott Frost and Mark Whipple. And you add in the fact Mark Whipple has previous head coaching experience of his own. He's been around. He's seen it all. It, it was a, a guy that had an offense that was similar enough to Scott's and provided a mentorship to Scott in that part of the job. Now Scott's on the way out, and and this 
marriage between Mickey Joseph and Mark Whipple is not one that was ordained. It's one that you're dealing with now. You know, it's you have to live with what you got. And when I look at Mark Whipple, he does what he does. And that was an offense that was designed for what Scott Frost liked to do. Well. I do what I do. Get the hell out of my office. Mm-hmm. That's what I envision. And whenever I look at what Mark Whipple has done since Scott was relieved, I give it a C minus. Now, if you're a straight A student and you have a C minus in one of your classes, you look at that and you say, that's awful. Better be organic chemistry. <laughs> but what I'll say is Nebraska is not a straight A student. Not right now. Whenever you got C's across the board and you're just trying to graduate, a C minus ain't too shabby. It's enough to win. It's enough to get you that graduation. And you have to figure out what you can do well in that class just to ensure that you graduate. And right now, Mark Whipple is not doing what he needs to do in that class in order to graduate. In order to graduate, Nebraska needs to run the football. They need to find ways to get themselves a numbers advantage in the box. I look at Logan uh, uh, Smothers, and I say, why do you not give the, the threat of the run every single play? Make the defense account for that. That gives you a numbers advantage in the box for Anthony Grant. I just don't think... That, that's what he wants to do. That's what he likes to do. The thing is, is do you want to win football games or not? And I think the past two games should have showed Mark Whipple that Chubba is not your guy to run your offense. That's not the way you're going to graduate. That's not the way you're, you're going to get wins as a football team. You have to do what you're uncomfortable with. If you're a good offensive coordinator, if you've been around the block, you got to start adjusting and, and making things happen, even though if it's not how you like calling your offense. So start calling upon all that experience that you have. I mean, how many years in the coaching industry does he have? 40. 40 plus? Yeah. Are you telling me you've never once had a quarterback run system? You've never seen a quarterback run system? Well, how about you the fact you've never had to go win big ball games or be competitive with a backup or a third a third team quarterback between the NFL and college you've had to experience that and maybe it's never gone your way but still you got to make the change email in chris at hailvarsity.com chad and hastings says by the way watching bama if anyone still wants o'brien as coach they should take a breathalyzer with uh, that uh, running back that they have they should be rolling over teams but They've got the same problem as Nebraska, old school pro OC that doesn't want to run the ball unless they have to. Uh, You know, Whipple is so old school, a passing pro style coach, he doesn't want to run it, even when it's working. Nebraska gets into games with two running plays repped, and then those get stopped in the game. Uh, There's no going back to a different run play. It's drop back and throw it 40 yards. It comes down to preference. It mm-hmm. comes down to comfort. And you, you got to be a little bit uncomfortable well, here. And it, com- and, 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 it comes and, down to what you've been repping all season long. I understand the fact. Good that at what you, you emphasize and offense, they don't emphasize running the ball. You're, yeah, in practice all year long, I am sure the offense has known our strength is Casey Thompson to Trey Palmer or Casey Thompson to whichever wide receiver. It's what uh, we can do to make our offensive line look the best it can. It's what we do that gives ourselves the best chance to win. It's what you're comfortable with, not only from your coaching experience, but from what you've been running all year long in practice, I'm sure. But at some point, when are you going to say, you know what, it's not working right now because of the guy we have behind center, and I, as an experienced coach making all this money, need to start figuring out a way to, to bring out the strengths of this guy in a game. And Mark Whipple, to his credit, did it for one drive. The, the strengths of the offense were emphasized for one drive against Minnesota, Minnesota made adjustments. Nebraska never did. Now, is that because Nebraska hasn't been repping these things all year long? Potentially. But you got to figure something out. You, you can't keep slamming your head into a brick wall. That's insane. It is. And I'll play devil's advocate here. He just, he probably just doesn't trust the O-line. 
mm-hmm. to run it when they have to versus when you want to. And I don't think he necessarily uh, trusts getting into that mode of let's be run first. I don't think he wants to, but he needs to be told to. Mm-hmm. And that that has got to happen for for Wisconsin. That's got to happen for Iowa. And you got to get real comfortable with it, hell or high water against Michigan. Because your, your task on national TV, you're on ABC, not because you're three and six, because you're a, you're a monster brand. You're going to see eyeballs. Uh, people will watch that game. It's Michigan. It's Nebraska. And you're going to need to hold on for dear life in that. Okay? I mean, it, it could go downhill real, real quick because of how good they are and, and where you're at. So you better figure out a way to be competitive. And I thought I'd never say this, but give me a little Bill Callahan at USC where you just get out alive and it doesn't look as bad as it could be. We'll get to more of your comments. Hail Varsity continues presented by Currency. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity. We're presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Jack Erickson shadowing. He's fielding phone calls right now on, on Fantasy Football. Check his Fantasy Football YouTube channel out. Good stuff. And uh, true or false, he may or may not have a Santa outfit that he rocked at a uh, at Southwest game. He was, he was Santa with all his little devious elves in the student section. It was quite funny last year. Uh, that was the was that Southwest Southeast? Which game was that? No, I, I forget. I, I remember you making a big deal of this on the. Well, air it was great it was because during free throw attempts, in this loud booming voice, Santa Jack would put his knee up and say, "Sit right here, little one," <laughs> and it was it was quite good. I believe the Santa Santa outfit's been been passed on. Four six six three seven seven six eight hundred eight two five five eight six five. Reacted to Minnesota and uh, what they did to Nebraska. The question of, of how bad is the offense? And, you know, good tweet in here. Chris, uh, make that at Schmidt underscore radio on Twitter from Steven. And this is a good point from Steven. He said, for many years, Pittsburgh was a run first offense when Whipple was there. And Whipple was in there when they won a Super Bowl with Big Ben. Might have been Big Ben's second or third year. They had Jerome Bettis. Pittsburgh's had Le'Veon Bell. That was after, I think, Whip left. But he knows how to do it. It's got to be a, a want-to. So let's dive into the, the Mickey picture here. And do you get an announcement? Where's the, the timeline here, the coaching search? And you know, Jeff chimes in here on the stream yard. I like Mickey, but I want to be open-minded. I see that now. Listen, things have, have shifted and what, what's truly going on behind the scenes with the, the next coach at Nebraska? And are you getting no's? Are you still waiting because you do think Mickey's the guy? And however you want to deem this season, treat it as, okay, dude, you, you, had a, you had more than a half a year to get the feel under worst-case scenario. How do you adapt and adjust, and what can you do with your call uh, moving forward if, if you're named? So I think there's, there's a little reality with, I think Trev really likes Mickey. 
and I think I think there's some reality that Nebraska is not the job it used to be. Okay, uh, clearly with wins and losses, uh, everyone has facilities. Everybody gets paid. Think about what the going rate is to go six and six or seven and five in East Lansing. It's it's nine point five million dollars a year. Mel Tucker pulled that off. Had some leverage. LSU came calling. Perfect storm. What about uh, old Jimbo down at A and M? They lost again. They got housed at home by Florida. Is he three and six now? Yeah, A and M's three and six. He's got a guaranteed. You can't fire me because I'll walk away with ninety. Is it ninety or a hundred million? It's some it's just under a hundred million. Just under a hundred million. So that's the. Okay, that's your going. There's your your range. Your going rate to go three and nine or six and six, maybe with a bowl game if you're Michigan State, is going to be eight to nine million dollars. And if you're Lance Leipold or Kleiman or Fickle or O'Brien or Rule, who's sitting on sixty-five million dollars, do you want to jack with it? Auburn, right? Are you going to get into a, a, a bidding war with your top candidate who may want to get back in, whoever that is? Let's just play, say, Mr. X. Do you want to make a boatload of money at Auburn with recruiting base up the wazoo? You got to deal with some psycho boosters, but so what? Better chance to win and get fired quickly. Or do you want to come to Lincoln and, and need, to know, need to know the Midwest and need to be able to sell Nebraska in a league that you've not been good at in seven years. So it, it's, it's, it's not a – we love it because we grew up here. Some of us grew up uh, going to, to games. It's wonderful. Ain't that case now. Uh, some of you would rather do something else on Saturdays. You're getting effort and attitude, and you're, you're getting heart and soul poured into it by Mickey, which is great. Bush is doing a hell of a good job. But it's still – a three and nine season. Who's with us? Got uh, Pete on the line. Pete, go ahead. Thanks for calling. Hey, how you doing today? Good, man. Thanks for the call. If I understand it right, Kirby uh, got most of the staff here in the league. Is that correct? None of us are there, but he got most of the one. I, I think it probably started out as even reps split, and then you veered towards who you think or who you wanted to go with as the number one quarterback, which was pretty. Okay, I, I believe the coach said that Purdy was going to get most of the reps during the week. I could be wrong, but anyway, I thought Logan Smothers got better. And one of the things that I don't think he has brought up, maybe he did, but I thought there was an awful lot of drop balls. I don't think those receivers and tight ends really helped Smothers out. I thought he threw the ball better and better as the game went on. Mm-hmm. I think he's got a stronger arm that people give him credit for. And I am not a Whipple fan. Any any decent coordinator will take what you have to play with, and you'll develop a plan with those players. And you have to have an eye for the talent and an eye for what they can do. And it seems to me that they script plays, they practice those plays, they do pretty good on script plays, and then they fall apart. That's not a sign of a good coordinator. Mm. And he might be smart, but it's kind of his way, and I'm going to do it the way I want to do it, and... Here's here's another point you didn't bring up. The poor defense is out there on the field for so long yep. they can't hold up in the third and fourth quarters. They, they, they were 
Pete, thank you for the call, brother. You're muffling a little bit, but I, I hear what you're saying. The defense got got rocked and rode in the fourth quarter, and, and that is a byproduct of going three and out six consecutive times. No, absolutely. Um, no, I mean, it's amazing what happens, Elijah, when you get a little confidence and rhythm if you get to stay in. And, and they sure as heck – Hung with, and listen, this isn't beat up pretty, dude. I hope the kid has a great bounce back. I hope he has a great career. I hope he learns from it and gets better. I think he's a talent. It's just not going well right now, and it's that baptism by fire. But with pretty, it's amazing what happens when you leave a kid in and let him get in the flow of the game. And there there were moments that you could have gone. Nebraska's done this two weekends in a row where they waited too long to go to Smothers, okay? And and you need a why on that. Why? Because you, you can't wait any longer if you really truly want to go win. Go win the ball game or be competitive on offense. Try and move the ball somewhat. At least hold on. To, you may not score, but at least hold on to it for a little bit. Who's with us? We have Moose. Moose, thanks for calling. How's the salsa, brother? You know what? I'm a little biased, but it's really good. <laughs> uh, you know, a little mind-boggling. I mean, it was, first of all, to, to bring Smothers in for one series and then back out again was a little odd. Um, I'm not sure what was happening there. Uh you don't need to look any further than the other side of the ball on Saturday to see somebody adjust on the fly yep. to their backup quarterback. They weren't running the same offense against us no. that they started the game with. Matter of fact, they were working the they were working the offense perfectly suited for Smothers. Um, I even saw a little tweet from Papa Bear Smothers mm-hmm. talking about how that offense Minnesota went to with their backup was basically what Logan ran his entire high school career. So throw it deep, keep it on a zone read, or or, or give on a zone read, and let's roll yep. the pocket and dump it yep. off to roll a tight end. Pocket. Exactly, exactly. And then, then those deep shots open up. That could deep shots used to open up when we were strictly an option offense back in the day. I hate that. Wide back to open. I don't, I don't understand it. I don't. I think it's time to throw the stereotype that Smothers is your runner and Purdy is your thrower out the window because it doesn't appear to be you know, I think I think Pete had a good point that Smothers is a lot better thrower of the football than he gets credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just it was a little bit mind boggling. Yes, the defense is out there way too long. You can't have six consecutive three and outs. I just never in my life thought I'd see that. Um, and, and it's like you said, it's not what it used to be. Does anybody want to come in? Maybe somebody that wants to prove themselves that they can do it that they have that much confidence because yeah other people have facilities other people have money etc but it's a good place the nil's working you know i'm hoping we can find somebody if it's not mickey that has the confidence to come in and say i can do it there and i'm going to go show i can do it there moose good stuff brother thanks for the phone call quick time out we'll wind down hour one now and now back to hail varsity radio one final time this hour mr black shirt charlie mcbride a monday with charlie in 10 minutes chris schmidt elijah herbal and a reminder that currency brings you hail varsity radio 
For all your equipment financing needs, go currency. A lot of good shows and ball games on the horizon. Red Zone Tickets is where you go. Selling fun since 2001. Do you have tickets you want to buy? Do you have tickets you want to sell? Husker football, volleyball, NFL action. You're going to check out Creighton Hoops this year. Uh, Red Zone Tickets, theater, College World Series concerts. It's all right there for you when you log on. RedZoneTickets.com. They are local. They're great folks. And they are out of Omaha, and they've earned that A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. With a 100% guarantee on all orders, you'll receive authentic, authentic tickets. And think about the customer service aspect, man. You don't want to get jacked around if you're trying to get to go, say, Dave Matthews. You don't want to get jacked around if you're coming down to see Nebraska end the streak against Wisconsin a week from Saturday. Uh, so the answer is simple. Red Zone Tickets. RedZoneTickets.com. Create memories that last a lifetime. Cross off that event on your bucket list with Red Zone Tickets. RedZoneTickets.com. So uh, Leach got loose. We've got the Pirate coming up next week. That'll be fun to spend time with him. And uh, he went to an oldie, but a goodie when it comes to uh, calling out his wide receiver core. I'll get in trouble for this, I'm certain, but where, where, you know, instead of playing hard and getting a first down and getting a play, then, you know, you want to sit behind a a, a shade tree, eat a fish sandwich, and uh, drink a lemonade with your fat little girlfriend, and that's what we're shooting for way too often, I thought. You know, when can we relax, making judgments on plays, and, um, well, and it definitely bit us pretty hard, and it certainly created uh, uh, um, some obstacles we had to fight through. And, um, well, it'd be a lot better if we'd meant to do that in the first place. I wish I could tell you we did. So the Pirate was up on Auburn. They had a lead. That was nice. Next thing you know, you're fighting like hell. You take your foot off the gas pedal. And what happens? You got to go to OT against Cadillac and company, and that would have been a devastating loss. If you're on hold, stay there. We'll get to more of your emails, and uh, we'll get Coach McBride's take on Minnesota, the quarterback situation, the black shirts, and Michigan that looms. Hour two on the way with Hale Varsity, presented by Currency. Each year, approximately 5,000 children are diagnosed with brain cancer. Of those children, nearly 30% will not survive, and many of those that do are left with debilitating side effects for life. We're asking you to help by tuning in to the 10th Annual Team Jack Foundation Radiothon presented by the Home Agency on September 29th. Become a champion for a cure for just $20 a month. Visit teamjackfoundation.org to learn more. Thank you for helping us fight for a cure. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. 
Back with you, Hour 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio. Be sure to get the podcast of Hale Varsity Radio, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, subscribe. It won't cost you a dime. Also, the YouTube channel with Hale Varsity. If you want to see our pretty faces, you are brave, but can do it that way. We're streaming here uh, on StreamYard with ESPN Lincoln's Facebook and Twitter. And then the Hale Varsity Radio handle at HVarsity Radio, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. And, uh, of course, we're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. We welcome in Mr. Blackshirt. Another Monday with Charlie. Coach Charlie McBride joins us. Coach, how's the weather up there in Michigan? Well, it's windy, and there's a few, you know, leaves laying around. <laughs> That's a, I think I've raked the same leaves a couple of times. You don't let them blow into the neighbor's yard? Yeah, I tried. <laughs> they blow. I did blow, and then they blew back mine. <laughs> so, so you're out there with your your old black shirt hat on, and you got your you got a rake in one hand, and you got your leaf blower in the other, and then you got Mother Nature's oh. wind behind your back. I mean, that's that's a trifecta right there. <laughs> so I didn't know what to take of that the the black shirt thing where they just dropped it. So, yeah, uh, you know. I don't know whether that's dropped for good or whatever it is, but it was, uh, I don't know, the way they handled it along from the beginning. Not not Mickey's group, but mm-hmm. the back way back when, when um, you know, we started with different coaches and everything, and, you know, nobody even knew, knew, knew what it was or cared about it. So, you know, you're, you just wonder sometimes what, you know, I know Scott. He didn't. He didn't care about it. He didn't. He was, you know, more interested in what the offense was doing. And uh, so, it, you know, we'll see what happens sometime. Well, I would note that all the defensive players this week did have black shirt stickers on the back of their helmets. Now, it doesn't mean that they they had their black shirts, but all of them starters and I believe backups included as well all had the black shirt sticker on the back of the helmet. That did pique my interest. I don't know what that means though. Well, that that was what we did a long time ago when we, you know, we had the black shirts. We they had a thing one, you know, the way the NCAA or at least the Big Ten was working. Any they didn't allow anything on the back of the helmets, and um, I think basically, um, I just went down there one day and we had these little, you know, skull and crossbones stickers on the back. And I told them, forget it, just put it on there anyway. And they never did say anything. <laughs> Son, who puts the sticker on your helmet? I don't know they around there. <laughs> uh, go talk to, to Coach Charlie, Kamish, uh, <laughs> if you got a problem with it. So, all right, the first half was was good. I mean, it was really good. You're, you're a 16-point dog, and Nebraska's up 10 nothing. The second half made uh, many cry, and coach, uh, I want to get I want to get your perspective on it. What did you think of Saturday? Well, I just I don't I don't understand. I mean, it just seemed like it. You know, at halftime, either you know we we've come out and and done well, and and now at other times we've come out and just completely folded. I mean that. You know, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard for you know they're switching quarterbacks and doing. I understand all that, but they came out and with their quarterback and and uh, you know he did a their backup quarterback who's a freshman and did a great job. And 
You know, and listening to the head coach talk today, they prepare their second guy along with their first guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he doesn't get quite as many reps, but he gets a lot of them. And, um, you know, I think sometimes, you know, that pro football stuff gets in your head and, and you're only working with one guy. And, you know, they're all temperamental. If you take them out of the game, they all whine and cry and moan and stuff like that. And, um you know, I football's football, but I think it's important that they learn. You know, along with the with the starter because that they're going to be doing it someday. But I think just you know, in the, in the second half, I, you know, whether they think ten points, getting ten is enough, or I I don't know what their their thinking is. I mean, it's it's strange, you know, and. Um, but I think they came out and played like they could play also. I think they came out and decided they were just standing around in the first half a little bit. And, you know, they started moving their feet around a little bit. And, and you know, they, they didn't want to get beat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they have a chance to, you know, maybe get, you know, in, uh, uh, in to the Big Ten finals part in the West. But, you know they got a bowl game they're looking at and everything else, so they they you know really had to do it, and that's what they did. Charlie McBride's with us here, and they're at Black Shirt Monday with Coach and Charlie. Whenever you look at the Nebraska quarterback situation, we noticed that there was a, a real lack of juice. The defensive players talked about it in the second half, saying they didn't come out with the same energy that they had in the first half and the second half, and they thought Minnesota took advantage of that. Do you think there's anything to the fact that those defensive guys are probably looking at the offense? struggling to move the ball in the second quarter behind a, a quarterback that is not running the offense all that efficiently. Is there anything to that where, where you, you know, get a little bit down on yourself because you look what's happening on the other side of the ball and you go, well, we're giving it our all, but the offense doesn't look like they're giving it their all. Well, you need to start, first of all, when you start moving quarterbacks around, it's always, it's always kind of a little troublesome. I mean, it, you know, it's not, it's, it's not really a, if, if the quarterback has played a lot, you know, in, in past years or, you know, doesn't have any problems. But when you have a, a, a new quarterback and then you start switching those quarterbacks <laughs> with other, you know, in the, in the backfield, and then you know that, you know, there, there is some guessing and, and there is something, the coaches have decided something on the sideline. You know that uh, you know they didn't the one that they thought was going to be the guy. They they change it to another one, and they, I don't know that part of the game because I I'm not there and I don't know what their thinking is. But it's always hard for a young kid who hasn't been in a game to just go into a game pretty much cold and uh, not have the reps and the and the things that's really needed. And that's that's pretty much why if you if you look at when you know I I keep saying about having four stations, um, we we our our second team quarterback was taking it almost as many snaps as our first team because they're doing the same thing and they're just switching and going from you know outside run and pass to inside run and goal line plays, which is also some inside passing stuff you know screens and things like that uh but you know they're they're not doing that so they're switching off with the one station um you know and that's they they don't they just don't get the kind of repetitions that you need 
Charlie McBride's with us. Hail Varsity Radio on Monday with Charlie. Coach, do you think Nebraska isn't confident in, in leaning on the run? They don't want to run the football. What's your read on that? Because Nebraska ran early and often and well enough. Now, Minnesota got yeah. better. I know they did. But uh, what's your read on that? Well, the one thing is, is that you, you know, they have a great running back, so they their running game is probably, and when they look as much as they throw the ball, it's still their running game is their their bread and butter. That's where they, you know, that's where they've won. Uh, that uh, the back is a great back, and and they, you know, they're going to use them as as much as they can without really getting them hurt or something mm-hmm. like that. But he's pretty durable. I know he's been hurt, but. You know, this year it seems like he's he's really a durable kid. And uh, but you know, the thing that happens a lot of times with with uh, uh, with football is uh, quarterback situation is there's all kinds of different kinds that develop, and there's all kinds of temperaments in, involved in it. And and that's the hard thing about it is. You know, some some kids are strong and can wait their turn. Some kids can't, and you don't. That's where you don't know what's going on. You don't really know what they're thinking. And sometimes when they're not getting their turn and they go in, their attitude isn't like it should be. No, I get that. But do you think Nebraska should have or could have stuck with the run a little bit more? <laughs> yeah, when you got that kind of wind and everything. I mean, it's. You know that everybody had the the wind problem. I mm-hmm. mean, you could see it. I mean, Purdue just—they lost the game. They couldn't throw the ball. Yep. I mean, that's their game. And and uh, I, I listened again to their head coach today on his conference, and you know that's one of the things he brought up was they're a passing team, and uh, the, the weather doesn't fit a passing team, mm-hmm. and that's why Tom and years and years has gone over, and that's why we ran the ran the football is because of this kind of weather, what? and you get this wind and things, and it's tough. All right, I'm going to ask you about Michigan now. Nebraska heads to Michigan, two thirty kickoff on Saturday on ABC. How do you stay in this one if you're Nebraska? Well, the players themselves got to understand that they, you know, they're they're being criticized by everybody. I mean, I saw a thing on today where the players at Michigan were laughing at Nebraska. Where'd you, you see know, that? I mean, they were about playing them. Well, it was on the on the uh, news. Okay. You know, they were just la- they were laughing, and you know, I don't know whether exactly what it was about, but apparently somebody mentioned something to them and. You know, they just kind of the the guy said something on the on the news. He kind of said that they they were laughing at about Nebraska or something like that, having to play them. So you know, that last time we played there, they put it to us. But uh, you know, our you know, you're gonna if if you're gonna give up, you know, I mean, this is this <clears throat> you can you can play well. As hard as you can play, and if you lose in one of these games, supposedly you're what thirty points mm-hmm. down already. Anyway, you know you're gonna you're gonna come out ahead, really. You know as far as what people think, and you might as well make them look bad. I mean, the thing <laughs> is, is that you can, you know, <laughs> I mean, and I'm telling you, you can get after these guys and have some fun. 
And and that's the whole key to the thing is go have fun, play as hard as you can play, and that's it. And the score will take care of itself. But if you don't, you're just going to be embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Coach Tony McBride's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And coach, to flip it around from a Michigan side of things, I mean, you've definitely had games where I'm not sure you were checking the Vegas line, but you've had games in your past where your team was a 30 point favorite against somebody. How do you keep a team fired up from, from Michigan's point of view, or is this a true trap game whenever you see that you're up 30 points on a team? Well, I think when, you, when you're talking about when one of your goals is to win the national championship, I think that's where we started. I mean, you, 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 can, win the, you can put it the conference. Is that all you want to do, win the conference? Hey, we got our goal. Now change it. And it doesn't seem like that's fair. And, then, and we've had the, the national championship as a goal every year and sometimes just won the conference we didn't get to the final the final thing and so um i i don't you know every coach has a different philosophy on 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 things and and that's the hard part you know uh because if i if i was at practice every day and could watch what they're doing i could i could probably answer your questions a lot better but you know, again, I'm just saying that, that, that these players uh, are gonna are gonna the ones that really care are gonna play like heck. You watch and see. And uh, some of these guys that want to go on and try to play at the next level, um, they'll really be looked at in a game like this on how they react. And uh, so you know that's that's something else that. And that begins. They look. They start looking at kids when they're sophomores. Okay. You know. You know, because all of a sudden you can't change overnight. A zebra doesn't lose his stripes. I'll tell you. Coach, about ninety seconds. What did you think of LSU and Alabama? Did you see the end of that one? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't get to see the end of it, but I'll tell you what. That there, there's a good example of a team that, you know, that uh, this year is a little bit down, and, and it's understandable. It's not like you're supposed to win every game that there is. It's, you're going to have a year where things aren't just perfect. I mean, uh, it started out what the guy did. Yeah, they wanted to give the quarterback, who actually ended up not being the starter at first, uh, you know, all kinds of money on this NIL deal. You know, and, and and it upset I think Nick, and so that was the beginning of probably a little bit of something and friction in there. But uh, I don't know how that stuff's going to end up. You know, this is this whole thing this year is going to be really interesting mm. to see what what happens at the end of the year with a lot of these uh, younger players mm. at Nebraska and <clears throat> and some of these schools in the Big Ten. Charlie McBride's with us, Hale Varsity Radio, on Monday with Charlie. Coach, uh, cheer hard in Michigan. I will. <laughs> As uh, Nebraska's uh, going to come yeah. see you, and we'll, uh, well, we'll talk about it next Monday and see uh, how yeah, things are going. Yeah, we'll keep the faith. i tell you what, you know, they, they can, you know, I, I can say this again, they can win. I mean, if these guys aren't ready to play, you know they're gonna they're gonna feel bad, <laughs> you know. So there's nothing better than be, for me to be get, beat those guys here in Michigan than I can you know walk around pretty proud. <laughs> Coach, you take care. Thanks so much. Okay, thanks guys. Bye.
And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tail Varsity Radio, presented by Currency, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. It is basketball season. That's right. Nebraska tipping off against Maine. Uh, 7 o'clock tonight, PBA. Creighton also in action. We welcome in longtime coach uh, with Lincoln Southeast, Hall of Famer, and uh, assistant with Nebraska basketball, Jeff Smith back with us. Coach, you ready for... Well, the hardwood, man. It's still a little bit of football it's season. It's basketball season, Chris. <laughs> it is basketball season. Here we go. That's right, man. It's uh, it's going to be uh, an interesting season, a little different feel with Fred and Nebraska, and, and also the, the expectations are as high as they've ever been for Coach McDermott and, and Creighton. I want to kind of get your take here on – on Fred and the the roster, the the new look roster, and that's always been a constant with Nebraska basketball. It's always shifting, always moving. You've got a couple, three guys that are returners, but for the most part, it's a bunch of new faces. I, I think Fred's beyond the name tag stage, but you know what? It's going to be more half court versus run and gun. Yeah, it's going to be execution versus breaking people down all the time, and and, and I'm kind of looking forward to that. I think I think Fred is a is an offensive genius in a way, and 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 I think in the past three years they've gotten great shots, but but I don't know if they've had the guys to execute and and you know and take the shots that they should be and make the shots that they should be taking. But I think it starts with Sam Greasel. I think he's a very experienced. It's great that he's from Lincoln just for fan interest and us to watch, but also when you have a six, seven point guard that has some toughness and some leadership skills and will, will get you into, into offenses and will both, you know, both exhibition games, he went and got a dunk uh, at a time where they needed it when they're to start to come back against Colorado um, to, to send a message to Shadron state and our bench um, and he can post up it instead of breaking people down. He can post up at times, and so I'm kind of excited to see what Sam does at the point for us as far as the leadership execution um, point guard goes. He, you know, we have to see how he does against you know Big Ten, Power Five speed and quickness. Um, but I'm excited about him to start things off. Let's spend a minute on on Sam and his mentality. You and I got a chance to see him at East and. Phenomenal. So excited for him to go play ball at North Dakota State. Even more excited for him to, to come back to Lincoln with his size. But, you know, when it comes to translating, Nebraska's had their share of point guards under Fred that are just freak athletes. Guys that can shake you. Some guys that can get to the rim. I think of Verge and, and how he closed out against uh, it was either Ohio State or Wisconsin last year. That's that version of Verge is what you needed to see all year. So Nebraska's going with a guy that's got a little size and is a is a really good athlete as well. But uh, tell me about Sam and his translation. I mean, is is that a big concern or question? I don't. I, with his experience, the great thing about Sam is he he's played so much basketball. He didn't have to, you know sent the bench and red shirt and he got he got to grow while he played so that experience I think is gonna is gonna pay off and his toughness that he developed as a player and I wouldn't have projected him as a point when I saw him in high school I thought he was a, a wing you know maybe a two speed and quickness wise but definitely a three and he does shoot it pretty well 
But I think the difference between Sam and the, and the talented point guards we've had, because we've had talented point guards, is Sam has a, has a, has a really good feel for the, the flow of the game, and I think he also has a feel for who needs a touch right now or where do we need to get the ball right now. And I don't know. I think the guys we've had in the past are like, oh, I can do this for us now and I can make this play. That's a big difference in the style of play that I think we could possibly see with this group because of Sam's cerebral ability to play basketball. You mentioned style of play, Coach Smith, and the Big Ten. It's a conference that's predicated on the big man, post-scoring. That's where Nebraska's really been struggling in recent years. It's been on the glass and, and down low. What do you think is going to be more important for the success of this team this year? Is it, is it Sam Griesel and that guard players are going to be what you can get from a guy like Blaze Kietter or, or Derek Walker when he comes back down in the low block? Yeah, I don't know if you can put one ahead of the other, but it's 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 one A and one B right there with the size. You know, hoping hoping Derek Walker um, gets healthy and and is a big part because I thought he had a good year last year as a junior and and and, and competed and you know was strong for us. And w- by adding Keita to back him up with Breidenbach, if he you know stays healthy. Um, even Kojinets for a few minutes, who knows? But, you know, there's, they're your 7-foot, 6'11", 6'10", 6'9". That's the size we need to try to compete and protect the paint and have some physicality that's, and, and rebound the ball and maybe score around the basket or get to the line a little bit more. Uh, crucial in the Big Ten. I don't, and I don't care how you play or where you play, basketball, when it's crunch time, comes down to half court and scoring and getting stops in half court, I don't care how fast you play, it's going to come down to a couple half court possessions in crunch time when you're playing against good teams. Jeff Smith with us, longtime Nebraska assistant and Hall of Fame coach, high school level with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, let's talk about Fred's playbook with this roster. And uh, I think Fred's a, a brilliant basketball mind. I think Fred's playbook's nice. Sometimes it was ignored. <laughs> okay. Sometimes they just, eh, I'm going to wave off Fred and go one on yeah. five. <laughs> it just wasn't given a chance sometimes. Thank you. Know, they you. just didn't give it a chance. Yeah, yeah. And, and as far as the enforcement of, well, this is what I called, so please run it. You know, I, I think you're, you're more apt with this roster and with Sam, the ball in his hand, to, to get some of that execution you know, what do you foresee here? Uh, if things click with Fred and his sets and his specials, uh, th- does Nebraska have the horses, so to speak, to execute what, at least on, on the whiteboard, looks really good? I think they can execute. I think they're going to, you know, his game is a lot of uh, on balls, a lot of uh, ghost screens where they kind of fake an on mm-hmm. ball and then pick and pop a little bit um, to create some penetration. I know they've worked hard on a lot on on hitting a theme and kicking it, maybe driving again and kicking it. Bigs, bigs picking and popping and picking and rolling, mixing that up a little bit. I think that's what we're going to see. And like I said, I think all three years they've had a lot of the looks they want. The big question mark is, can they, when the lights are on and the popcorn's popping, can they shoot You know, up, up in the high 30s as a team, get above 35% as a team consistently, if they can, I think they'll win some games. If they stay down in the 20s, I think it's going to be a struggle, just like it has been. But he'll have designs that they can get people you know, come screening and then coming off and you know pick the picker type action, mm-hmm. uh, set, get a handoff and then come right back off of a big and then maybe make an extra pass to the corner. 
um, they'll have actions like that and, and, you know, roll and replace action where a shooter comes up when the bigs roll. And, and so in those reads, I, I, he'll have the stuff there. It's can you step up and knock shots down when, when you have to and, and shoot that percentage that you need to if you're going to take that many especially. Coach Jeff Smith with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Coach, give me a potential X factor for the team this season. I think last year you look back, C.J. Wilcher was a guy not talked a lot about in preseason, but he stepped up in some big-time moments last year and made a name for himself. Are there any guys you're watching like that this year? Maybe we're not talking about them all that much, but you think they could be an X factor maybe off the bench this season? Yeah, I'll give you two of them, and I don't know if they're coming off the bench. Right now, Juwan Gear would be my number one X Factor. He's played well in both exhibition games. I've watched a couple practices. He, he gets after it. He plays hard. He's kind of a do-it-all guy. He can shoot the ball in the hole some. He can go get offensive rebounds. He defends pretty well. Um, he, he can shoot mid-range. Uh, I've liked what he's brought so far, and, and hopefully that carries over to the regular season. I really like Bandamel because he can defend and he can take some pressure off of Sam and defend the point guard, and then Denham Dawson will back him up doing that. But they're both you know, very good defenders. They want to be good defenders. And Bandamel also, from what I saw, provided some leadership um, along with Sam. So you had a kind of a one-two punch there, and we know how important leadership is. Another thing that I think, you know, just to, just to talk some more, <laughs> this is kind of this is kind of Breidenbach's time that we, we need to see what he can do. We need, can, can he really shoot the ball? Can he really guard somebody that's a little quicker than him with his length? Can he give us some strength inside and, and you know, help us on the perimeter a little bit too? Because that's what he was recruited for. It's kind of his time here as a starter. If he's going to be a starter, can, can he do those things? Wiltshire's remade his body, uh, and uh, he's a guy that is a catch-and-shoot. Do you like the work he's put in to create off the dribble if given the opportunity? I do. I think he needed to get stronger. He needed that probably confidence of a little, and, and, and maybe through the wear and tear of the season that he can establish himself as a little more consistent player. Um, my question is, though, is, is he better as a sixth man coming in when the other team's a little tired playing against the, the, you know, the second team on net for them? I, I don't know yet. I, I don't think he played great in the exhibitions as a starter. Sometimes that's a little adjustment. Um, but I think that, you know, I think there's definitely a good role for him. His strength has to help him. Um, I, I, and I, I'm, I just really want to see where he's going to fit in as far as starter versus maybe a, a really good sixth man. The old Vinnie Johnson question mark, huh? The old microwave. <laughs> yeah. 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 And the other kid that I've kind of liked so far, well, two of them really, Jamarcus Lawrence has shown he can shoot the ball. Can he maybe compete with Tamanaga for time if he can shoot it in the hole? Because he's 6'3", a little longer. And then Ramil Lloyd Jr. is raw, but – you know, he may have to play a little backup point guard, pray that Sam never gets hurt because he's really our only true point guard, if we can call him a true point guard. But Ramil Lloyd maybe get some time early here and see if we can develop him as a guy that can come off the bench and give us a few minutes too. Coach, how important is it for this team to get off on the right foot tonight? Last season, they didn't get off on the right foot, and I think there was a little demoralization factor that played in early last season. How important do you think it is in the grand scheme of the season that Nebraska gets off and gets a big win tonight? Yeah, you know, I was thinking of that when I was listening to the Colorado game, that, that really that game was probably better for them than last year's Colorado game. I think we had some false expectations after that game, and I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think, I think we need to win 
at least three of the first four. And, and if we can get St. John's on the road, that'd be huge. But we have to, you know, we have to convincingly play well and beat Maine, Omaha, Arkansas, Pine Bluff with, with no question, you know, and show improvement each of these games. Take a shot at St. John's. We really need to go into that Oklahoma game three and one or, or four and oh with some confidence that we're going to make shots and how we're going to play. And, and, and the other thing we kind of ignored talking about is they're emphasizing defense. I've, I've gone to a few practices. Coach Linzer and Coach Howard, they are working their tails off on the defensive end. They've kind of changed their philosophy to a no middle philosophy. I like what they're trying to do. Um, and it, they are definitely emphasizing it. If that carries over, that can keep you in some games and give you a chance and get some, put some strings, some stops together if you're in a little offensive slump and maybe get a, you know, get one, steal one that you maybe wouldn't have last year. Like what you hear, high quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Jeff Smith with us, Hail Varsity Radio. Coach, uh, a win total uh, expectation. And I don't like going here, but Fred said more than once he knows it's an important year. Yeah, it, it's hard. What's hard is that we could be better than we were last year, and in our league, it might not better. show up as yeah. much in the win column as we as we think. I mean, I, I I'd give anything to go 500 and just get in the NIT and get in a tournament. And Fred starts really building it here, knowing what he's uh, knowing that they're all all more guys recruiting on staff and getting players that that fit into to Fred and and the Big Ten a little better. Um, I'm hope I hope for 15, you know. But I, you look at the schedule and, and you look at Creighton's schedule. Same thing. It's, there's there's some games on there. You were part of a build, though. I mean, you and Coach Knee uh, to you know the glory years of tournaments that were. You guys made tournaments after tournaments after tournaments. Uh, you four out of five uh, the run, but you've seen what what it takes build wise, and it's really you hit on it. It's got to be about fit, and then fit in your league. And, and the Big Ten's just murder. Yeah, we we fit the big. We recruited to the Big Twelve, Big Big Eight, and then Big Twelve. Well, you know, Danny did, um, and we had pros on our team. You know, and you you have to have some pros on your team if you're gonna if you're gonna be a factor in your in these conferences. That's just the way it is. And the other thing we had was we had some local kids that cared a lot about the program and didn't didn't put themselves first. They put Nebraska first, and and our teams got along pretty well when I was there. I know they had that you know one one year where you know they weren't happy with some things, but you know, that was one little blip. When I was there, and, and we had you know Piakowski and Chubbick and Tony Farmer and Rich King, and those guys liked each other. Um, they played for one purpose, and. That's why we won games. You know, they 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 took it kind of step by step. We just we got to get better in our league first. We got to now we need to go win a, a, a tournament championship. Now we got to get in the NCAA tournament. We just kind of took those steps and reached those goals, and then all of a sudden, 
shoot, that one year we were a three seed all of a sudden without even, you know, didn't even know how good we were, you know. Um, but, yeah, it, it, can, it can be done. It, it definitely can be done. You get the right kids in here and make good decisions on recruiting and get them to play the right way and understand your league. Coach, Creighton is favored in the Big East. They are uber-talented. There's a lot of Final Four whispers. Coach Mack's done a, a great job. Uh, and that, that bullseye is on them. They, they've threatened before. They've been uh, a really incredible program. That being said, uh, tell me what you think of, of this year's Jays and, and that pressure on their shoulders. Yeah, you know, you, you ask yourself, can they handle the hype? You know, are, they're going to be the hunted this year. They're not a they're not a sneaky mid major anymore. They're in a power five league, and they're favored to win that league. And they're in the top ten. There's going to be people hunting them. Um, I think they I think they lost a little leadership last year, and and but but I think uh, Shireman's going to bring that right back right back in for them and help with because I think some of their guys are not. I don't think Nimhard's a real bold verbal guy i don't you know i don't think uh i don't think their post is a real bold verbal guy kalum is not a real bold culkbrenner is not real bold verbal guy so i think shireman could can kind of save them with leadership but they are just super talented and deep you, you do kind of wonder is is one ball enough um you got sharif mitchell coming back off injury uh you you know you've got trey alexander who was unbelievable down the stretch for them with Nimhart when when Nimhart and 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 Sharif were hurt but now they're all healthy um Kaluma's you know there's NBA talk with him uh Kalkbrenner's you know picked to be an all-conference player um you know they had a, Mason Miller was a red shirt last year that wants to play they've got a kid Francisco Farabello from TCU that is 38 percent three-point shooter that I know is going to want to play they, they have the pieces and I I, I trust Coach Mack that he will get them to play the right way and, and put, you know, put the team first. But, but sometimes that can be a challenge when you have this much talent and only five guys can be on the floor. Well, the Huskers and the uh, Blue Jays squaring off here in a, a little under a month, I believe. Uh, is Nebraska and Creighton going to renew that rivalry? Coach, before we get you out of here, who is Coach Smith's choice to be Nebraska football's next head coach? Wow. <laughs> you had to ask me that question? I had to put him on the spot. <laughs> Hang up. Oh, wow. That's the theme of the next two weeks. You can just throw something at a wall if you don't know. I don't know. I kind of like the Kansas guy. If if we're not going to do Mickey, Mm -hmm. because I I, I, I do think, I do think, I I think if we have just a little time, I think Mickey might be the new style of coach that, you know, look at Deion Sanders. I know he's maybe not a great football coach, but you think he relates to the kids? You think the kids want to play for him? Mm-hmm. Is Mickey that? Is Mickey? Can he develop into that? And I think he knows the game pretty well. Obviously, he's lacking some head coaching experience. We see that. But is he the new type of coach that that you know can be really honest with kids and motivate kids, and they want to come play for him? They're going to run through a wall for him, and he can, you know, and he can surround himself with a good staff. If he is, you know, <laughs> I'd hate losing him, you know, and he goes on and is real successful. But I also think Trev's in a tough spot because, you know, there's a lot of pressure that this has to be the right hire. And I just, I just, I just like what Leopold's done at Kansas in two years and he's competing with the top teams and 
you know, in the Big 12, and I think that just impresses me. He's, been, he's won everywhere he's gone. He's His lines of scrimmage get uh, get microwaved enough to to be good sooner rather than later, and they're physical, and their offense is fun, defense is good enough. But with, but with Mickey, to your point, I mean, listen, uh, Mickey's a motivator. Mickey's real. Mickey can recruit. And, again, if you, if you, if you make some, some staff additions here with guys that can coach up, you know, it, it could work. You know, Wisconsin and Iowa, and we, we just talked about this, but they've shifted to – being left for dead to now they're both five and four, right? They're going to find their way to yep. six, seven, eight wins, maybe more. Uh, they've weathered the storm. They will get better. That's what I want yep. to see these next three weeks because I don't know what the win total is going to be. But can you can you stay strong and competitive and, and, and at least finish out still swinging? And I, I don't know. I mean, Saturday is going to be a, a tall task. But uh, yeah. there, there's I, there's been glimpses, Coach, because – you were in it till the injury against Illinois, and then for whatever reason, you just went milk carton with the run game in the second half. Yeah, I, I just wish we would stick with that run, even if it's, you know, I'd rather go three out a few times trying to establish, continue to run the ball than three and out chucking it and the clock stopping. And yeah. I, I, I do get frustrated when people call in and criticize Mickey as, as a head coach. He he was dealt a hand. He was dealt. Uh, you you give him two years to recruit, then you call in and, and evaluate him because it's not fair to evaluate him right now. And and the thing he has done is it looks like those kids are competing for down. They haven't quit in games. It's you know obviously our our number one quarterback was well ahead of the other guys and and with him out we're just not quite the same offense. You know very obvious, but. Um, I'd, I'd like to give him see what he could do in two or three years of recruiting. Jeff Smith with his coach. We'll uh, see you down at PBA. Thanks for the time today. Sounds good. Go Huskers. Good to spend time with the Hall of Famer Jeff Smith. A little football bonus there. Uh, longtime assistant in Nebraska basketball. Huskers and Maine at 7. About 10 minutes away up in Omaha on ESPN Omaha with uh, KP and Jake Milheisen. Hail Varsity winds down next. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Snap to Daniels. Sprint out. Throw to the right. Caught. Right corner of the end zone. Mason Taylor. Tigers win. Well, a Howard Stern tribute there. Hey, now. That shook the earth, literally, in Baton Rouge, as the seismograph shows that moment, that post-game, that field uh, registered as a mini-earthquake. How good was Saturday night? I know Saturday about 2.30... Everyone needed a cold one. Son of a, you lost to Minnesota if you're a Nebraska fan. But Saturday night was beautiful. I'm in a bar with Uncle Nate. And on one TV, I've got a incredible 
home run to center for the World Series. The other TV I'm watching, K-State come back, and poor Adrian had two fumbles in the final drive after dropping some dimes. K-State's a fun team to watch. And then I'm watching LSU. And bam, I go back and forth, and it's overtime. And the coach everyone makes fun of and no one likes, and I'm still in that camp. Brian Kelly uh, <clears throat> puts him on the table and says we're going for two. And, and now he got to beat old Nick Saban. Incredible. This, this college football season... It's been fun. I think it's shaping up to be one of the best of the past decade, probably the best since the college football playoff has sure. been instituted. Because I can tell you who the top two teams in the country are, I think. But you're still watching everyone else. Beyond that, I don't know, and I'm still watching everybody. I mean, between spots 5 and 15 in the top 25, it's, it's anyone's game. Like, it's, it's any given week type thing. Yeah. Well, anyone can win. I, I, don't, I don't know what to think. It's, the it's old, incredible. The old Big 12 every week has had great ball games. I mean, it's been fun. Kansas got bowl eligible. Oh, did you did you see the goalpost? I, I did. They were partying in Lawrence. That was a lot of fun. Do we have the security? Yeah, we, we do. Have the, we have the Lawrence, Kansas security staff at KU. They're, they're a little debrief after they're, the game. They're, yeah. <laughs> and in the backdrop of this video, there are no goalposts. You're, you had two jobs. <laughs> Protect the goalposts. We lost the goalposts. Of what we expected to happen, right? <laughs> we lost the goalpost. It happens. Paul, Paul Blart there in the end zones, walking around. His yellow coats are around him, and <laughs> we lost the goalposts. Bleep happens. It's kind of what we expected. You're not going to fight it. I mean, you'd ended a forty-some game losing streak to ranked teams, and. Coach Leopold doing his thing, baby. Credit to Kansas. Fun. No GoFundMe needed to replace the goalposts. Absolutely. Goes not. down as a very embarrassing moment for Tennessee this season. Now that they were, oh, don't they kid yourself. GoFundMe for the goalposts. Uh, their AD just wanted uh, to. I mean, there was a lot of juice. He didn't want to make. Team. He didn't want to make a phone call to Jack Daniels. Right? Why not try and raise it yourself before reaching out? <laughs> Always novel. Hey, big thanks, Charlie McBride. Coach Jeff Smith, thanks to you for tuning in and chiming in on Nebraska-Minnesota and the, this week that is. Matt Schick with us tomorrow. And Mitch Sherman out of Tuesday, plus Mickey Joseph. Thanks. A Huda Media Production.